Welcome back to Oliver's Insights, part of the Simplifying Investing podcast series. It's great to have you here. A reminder that this podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. And with that out of the way, here's Shane. G'day, everyone, and welcome to the latest issue of the Oliver's Insights podcast series. Of course, I've had a few weeks off, a bit of a break in New Zealand, sort of come back, of course, uh, this week. We've got the RBA uh, meeting for the first time this year under the new communication arrangements that they've adopted, which means that we won't have a meeting every month. We're going to have a meeting every six weeks. But of course, at its February meeting, the Reserve Bank left the cash rate at 4.35%. That was widely expected. It noted progress in reducing inflation and bringing demand back to supply. While it moderated its tightening bias or inclination to raise rates again, it still has a mild tightening bias and remains somewhat cautious. Now, of course, Governor Bullock in the newly implemented press conference somewhat softened that bias. You could almost say that they're almost neutral. But of course, the written material did imply a bit of a bias still remaining. Governor Bullock indicated that they haven't ruled anything out or in and that things are broadly balanced, but they will be data dependent. Bottom line is, though, that we continue to see rates as having peaked with rate cuts starting from around mid-year. In leaving rates on hold, the Reserve Bank noted the continued fall in inflation, the slowing in demand and employment growth, and signs that wages growth is slowing in some parts of the economy. Consistent with this, the Reserve Bank revised up slightly its unemployment forecasts and revised down its growth and inflation forecasts. In particular, it now sees, and the adjustments are only modest, it now sees 3.2% CPI inflation by the end of this year. Previously, they were looking for 3.5%, and by the end of next year, it's edged down to 2.8% from 2.9% and sees it back at target, uh, the midpoint of the target, 2.6%. By June 2026. Reflecting all of this, the Reserve Bank softened further its tightening bias. So, so you may recall that back in December, the Reserve Bank had said whether further tightening of monetary policy is required will depend on the flow of economic data and so on. Whereas at its February meeting, the Reserve Bank noted that a further increase in interest rates cannot be ruled out, which I think is a softer tightening bias than what we saw back in December. Although, of course, you could argue the comments by Michelle Bullock further soften that. So the RBA has become somewhat less concerned, but like some other central banks, particularly the Bank of England, it's still cautious. This is a little bit different to say the Fed. Now, of course, the Fed is more advanced in getting inflation down and it's sort of saying, well, maybe we could have three rate cuts this year. The RBA and some other central banks are not yet in that position of comfort. We're not quite at that position yet, but I reckon they will get there. In terms of staying cautious, the Reserve Bank noted that inflation is still too high at 4.1% and it doesn't see it back at the midpoint of the 2 to 3% range until mid-2026, so more than two years away. It also noted that its services inflation remains a concern with continuing excess demand in the economy. Wages growth is consistent with the inflation target, but this assumes stronger productivity, and it's still alerting to the risk of supply shocks with reference, for example, to the conflicts in the Ukraine and the Middle East, all of which suggests that it's not going to be rushing into rate cuts, but rather will be waiting for more evidence that inflation is sustainably falling to the midpoint of its 2 to 3% target. Range. In this regard, the Reserve Bank continues to note that it will be watching global developments, domestic demand in Australia, the labour market, and of course, the outlook for inflation. In terms of inflation, it's worth noting that our pipeline inflation indicator continues to point down for Australian inflation. In fact, we see inflation heading back to the midpoint of the target, probably by, I reckon, middle 2025, which is a year earlier than the Reserve Bank is allowing for. It's also worth noting, and there's ongoing debate about this, that we don't think 
the Reserve Bank has to wait until the annual or the year-ended inflation rate is back in the target. Really just needs to see momentum going in a way which is consistent with that. For example, if you saw six months worth of inflation annualised data, so take the last six months and annualise it, and if that was consistent with the midpoint of the target, then I reckon that would give them some comfort to start easing, providing other indicators are going in the same direction. At a broader level, the Reserve Bank is effectively continuing to traverse a narrow path between too tight monetary policy, risking a hard landing, and too easy monetary policy, which would risk ongoing high inflation. The risks, I reckon, are now a lot more balanced, but the RBA appears to feel that with the economy still growing, it can afford to wait for more evidence before cutting, given the desire to avoid the risk of cutting too early and then having to reverse course if inflation does not prove to be under control. Of course, it arguably made a mistake in the opposite direction two years ago in waiting too long to raise rates. Of course, they got that inflation blowout. Our assessment remains that the combination of weaker growth and a faster fall in inflation than the Reserve Bank currently expects will ultimately force its hand and we continue to see it cutting rates from around mid-year with 3.25% rate cuts by year end, taking the cash rate down to 3.6% by December. The next meeting under the RBA's new schedule is six weeks away. It'd be nice to have them less frequently, but it's doubtful it will have changed its assessment by then. But by the May meeting, I reckon there's a good chance it will have moved to an easing bias. Not necessarily easing, but setting the stage for an easing, possibly in the June meeting. But it's worth noting that the road to rate cuts will likely be a bumpy one. The main risk is that rate cuts get delayed till later this year, reflecting sticky services inflation, supply side risks, and the RBA may be waiting to see what the impact of the change three tax cuts have been in terms of impacting demand. And of course, it's worth noting that three cuts this year will still leave rates well above their lows two years ago. Don't forget rates went up 13 times or 425 basis points, to use the terminology often used these days. So cutting rates by 75 basis points or three times won't reverse a lot of that just a bit. Still be a relief though for many with a mortgage. Now, of course, bottom line though is that we think we are at the top. Like a lot of these things, you never know for sure. That's why the Reserve Bank is being somewhat equivocal. But as we go through the course of the next six months, I think it will become more evident that we have reached the top. The Reserve Bank has done enough perhaps more than enough, and we'll be in a position to start cutting rates by mid-year. So I hope that's been of some value. Until we meet again, adios. To keep up to date with Dr. Oliver and the Simplifying Investing podcast series, be sure to subscribe to your favourite streaming platform. 